but there's something about praising God in mm. general, mm. whether it is a Sufi Kuali or even a gospel song, there's something that is just, as I said before, it is without ego. And so it's pure heart, it's pure soul. And I feel that's what I enjoy most as a singer is being able to express that I'm Sadia Tariq and you're listening to Dhani the podcast. I believe everybody has a story and Dhani has been all about these stories coming from opinions, personal experiences, life lessons and so much more. And somewhere along the lines we find ourselves being part of these stories or they being part of us in nooks and crannies, in crumbs, in echoes. and reflections Our guest today is the internationally acclaimed singer Tania Wells <clears throat> who is a British Swiss and spent several childhood years in northern India where language diverse music and culture informed the ears and imagination of this talented singer <clears throat> In this podcast we talk about Tania's journey into Sufism and music what her personal learnings and reflections are on sufism the purpose behind her singing and you don't want to miss the last section because tania offers a beautiful rendition of the most famous um qawalis by originally sung by nusrat fadeh ali khan allahu Vanya uh, can I tell you that I am a complete fan of yours and I am so happy to have you on Hani thank you so much thank you so much Sadia I'm so glad you contacted me and it's lovely to be here with you likewise likewise um ma'am let's just sort of uh, dive right in i have heard your songs uh, and they are absolutely beautiful and they render uh, a strange kind of a strumming in the heart uh because the enunciation and the pronunciation of urdu hindi is absolutely beautiful um so uh, please uh please tell us what happened where did sufi music uh enter your life what is the marriage between uh, thania wells and sufi music right well um i suppose it goes back a long way um in the sense that when I was a child I used to live in north northern India in Himachal Pradesh and I was at a boarding school in Himachal and there we were exposed to a lot of music and we also learned some classical music so I was actually you know aged 6 7 8 uh I was taking lessons in Hindustani classical music and we were just you know absorbing our environment so listening to whatever was on the radio it might have been bollywood songs it might have been bhajan or even qawali you know so we were just surrounded by um you know a lot of a lot of culture as as one is and i think that left a very strong impression on me as i grew up and returned to the uk um i was born in london and 
um, then my family moved to a, a, a my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> my family moved to a county called Gloucestershire. And there I went to school uh, with my sisters and I continued my studies and I was always drawn towards the arts and expression. And I learnt music as well. And I was definitely impressed by the music I had heard in my childhood. And mm. I think as I got older, even in way into my teens at 16, 17, I wanted to continue that road. I wanted to continue learning um, classical music, but also adding in all of the ornaments and the emotional expressions that one hears in the music of India and Pakistan. It definitely touches me. And so I got the opportunity to study some music in India when I was 17, just before I went to university. So I took a gap year to learn music in mm. an arts academy um, just near Mumbai. And that was really my introduction to Hindustani classical music, as it is called. But of course, you know, it's, it's you know, generally classical music of the Asian subcontinent. Um, of course, you have Carnatic music in South India as well. And, um, and it was nice because the course was um, titled Music Therapy, uh, mm. an introduction to Hindustani classical music. So it was really looking at how sound impacts us on a subtle level. And there was a nice trajectory into the subtle body and how particular rags and even mantras can impact our subtle being. And so it was just sort of mind opening for me to see music and approach music in a way of well-being and even meditation and that music can be something spiritual and I could connect to my voice in a way which I hadn't done before. But of course, you know, I think in uh, India and of course in, in Pakistan, you know, we hear the call to prayer or we hear bhajan and devotional music and it's so much part of that pure expression of love or bhakti or devotion. And I think because you have that so strongly in your culture, you grow up being able to really express your devotion to God. And I think it it's such um, a blessing really to to have that insight into into this culture because it's so cathartic and it allows you to release so much of your emotion. Um, and that's why I, I keep going back to it. I'm just drawn to it. Mm. You know, whilst you were talking, it just sort of occurred to me that you are a prime example of, you know, how they say in this uh, in the psychological world, uh, nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. So you're, uh, you were surrounded by it. And then although you came back, you went back to it uh, simply because your soul sort of, um, cried out for mm -hmm. it or searched for it mm -hmm. and uh, sort of I think you've half uh, sort of answered my next question which is going to be that uh, you you joined an institution which is called music for therapy so how 
give us give us some personal examples perhaps but but how really and and again this is where yes as you're saying such a rich uh part of the culture the music and how it sort of resonates on a very deep level but what is your personal uh a sort of take or opinion and experience of how the music helps heal the soul mm well i think firstly it's a very personal experience and one musician may have a different experience than another musician i think as i started with vocal training you have an immediate instrument in your body that vibrates so the voice vibrates and when we start to think about connecting to the voice so for instance one of my very early lessons was simply singing om so you're taking a deep breath mm-hmm. you're connecting to the breath and then you're supporting the sound with the breath and so just for many lessons i would just sing om on sa mm-hmm. and so it became a very meditative experience a very meditative practice because you're connecting to the breath you're connecting to the voice and then you're you know really trying to create and reach this sur this this pure sound mm-hmm. and so it all became after starting from that premise of really trying to reach this purity of sound everything else that you try and accomplish vocally is really about one's attention and one's focus on being present first of all to listen to your teacher because as you know in uh, learning music in the indian subcontinent it's an oral tradition so you need to repeat what your mm-hmm. teacher is singing to you so you need to have a certain awareness and focus in order to really attune your ear to hear what the teacher is doing and repeat it mm. and that is also you know again quite a meditative practice and i think there's something to be said linking back to sufism because uh at this at this time when i was 16 17 that's when i started really getting interested in in all sorts of religions and and i picked up some books on sufism and one thing which struck me in the teaching of sufism is this being in the present moment and that to be a sufi is to be consciously aware of presence um there's this book which i read called living presence which is written by kabir edmund helminski and he defines i actually have his quote here that he defines the sufi as one who understands essence beyond forms so mm-hmm. and in that you have to be in the present moment mentally so not thinking about the future or the past but being so much in the present moment and then learning music and singing music you have to be in the present because if you want to truly absorb what your teacher is giving you you can't be thinking about this and that or the other you have to be attuned to the present moment to absorb and i think when one does this over a length of time it starts to get easier and easier to you know really be in the present and listen mm. 
And yeah, it was just very fruitful and nourishing. And I just absolutely loved that way of learning as well. Yeah, it's really, really inspiring. So basically, it's it's a, it's a, it's a huge benefit whereby uh, you don't have to set out time for meditation because you're living it and breathing it, right? Mm. I would say that there's there's definitely something to be said about music and how it can make you feel. So. If one sits down to meditate without music, you know, that's absolutely all well and good. You know, you try and stop the thoughts and just, I would, you know, probably connect to the the breath. And there's different ways of meditating, obviously. But for me, music is so instantaneous. Like the other day I was listening to something, it was actually a koali by Nuzlat Fatali Khan. And just listening to him articulate the poetry and also his demeanor puts you into a state of, I would say like sort of serious exaltation. Like mm-hmm. he, he, I felt, and this is a physical experience. I felt my, my nerves calm and I was just allowing the music to vibrate my body. And it was just, so soothing and of course you know he's singing to the divine so there's another element of it going beyond the ego you know when you sing and praise god you are beyond ego you are beyond this mental idea of the i and you start to connect to this higher self and when i say the higher self it's that part i would i would describe it as pure joy you know the higher self is just pure pure joy and being in the present moment and that is what I find so powerful about music because I practice meditation every day uh, but sometimes I don't necessarily feel that connection and I was amazed that just by listening to this koali sung by Nuzrat Fatali Khan I was put into that state of joy and I could feel my whole body just exuding a a very loving energy. It was just, my whole demeanor was different. I felt softer within myself. I felt more loving in my messages and conversations with people. And because I was, I was in a good mood, it had put me Mm. in a state whereby I could be more loving and more softer, I would say, and maybe less in my head, less mental and more in the heart. And so that's the power of music for me. Like it's it's immediate medicine for the soul. And mm. and that's why, you know, it's just it's like yeah, I just why not go back to it all the time because it has that immediate effect. It is pure therapy. Mm. So, I mean, when they say that it is food for the soul, it is right, right? Because it does degenerate that kind of neural activity, as Mm. you're saying. It does sort of uh, initiate the parasympathetic nervous system in such a way that it calms and soothes you down Mm. rather than you being in a complete fight and flight mode. And then it's a different sort of a music that resonates uh, differently with everyone, right? It's relative. 
and obviously you sort of know what kind of music resonates with you because one kavalis don't resonate with everyone two mm-hmm. they are sort of difficult to understand simply because they are very very strong very poetic but they're also very uh mysterious for sure so which which means of course that you have to have a good command of the language yeah i i'm not sure whether i would agree entirely in in of course there's a different element knowing the poetry that is for sure and if there is a qawali which really moves me and i don't understand the language i will i will find i will try and find a translation of the lyrics and see what is it that mm. the singer was saying because i think music itself has a universal language i mm. mean of course the poetry is speaking something but the the rag conveys its own emotion and that can touch you independently of knowing the language and that's why i think you know nusrat fatali khan for example he had such a breadth of audience around the world and you know he was performing in new york to you know thousands of people i mean he performed everywhere but there there was a concert he did i think in central park and he created this ecstasy in mm. in an environment that you know they don't speak urdu they don't know punjabi and all of the languages that was being was being sung mm. and yet people were still ecstatic and that is what fascinates me like what was it is it the vibration of the music is it the the way of the form of the music how it's how it's being sung and and rhythmically just building there's so many elements to music that that really take us on a journey and allow us to experience this exaltation to you know praising the divine and i think that also um that's at the premise of it because the attention is to bring the collective consciousness up that's what the kavals are doing they're trying to raise the attention up to Correct. you know so that that's the power of, of what they're doing and and of course the poetry when once you understand the poetry it can be even tenfold one's experience mm. but i think even just hearing the music it can heal and penetrate people who don't even understand the language and that's certainly what happened to me whereby I didn't grow up uh learning and speaking Hindi or Urdu. Of course I had some classes when I was younger and I was much more exposed to the language because I had this experience as a child. But there are certain ghazals for instance that really speak to me but I don't understand the nuances of the poetry. Mm-hmm. So I will try and you know read a translation or I'll go to my teacher and ask him what is the meaning of this particular ghazal. and then when i find out the meaning it's a whole different understanding and appreciation but there was that initial moment of something that moved me even the words itself in urdu mm-hmm. they're so beautiful you know how how they sound even the sound itself has such a uh, yeah penetrating effect you're absolutely right because um uh arabic sanskrit 
uh, Urdu, they Persian, they all have a lot of expression in them, mm-hmm. which perhaps English is uh, sort of quite limiting, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. For I mean, sure. I'm sure you know that just for the word love alone, mm-hmm. there are a dozen names in, sure. uh, in Urdu slash uh, Sanskrit. And talking about love, uh, it, it is uh, the, just the central, uh, sort of the centerpiece of Sufism. And so when you are performing yourself, right, so this is when you're listening and you just explained and took us through how there are physiological changes in your own body and you notice them when you're listening and when you are performing which is absolutely breathtaking because it is goosebumpy um, you tend to put the the listener in that trance like uh, um, medium as well hmm. and well, so thank you gosh that's, a, <laughs> that's incredible but what i'm saying is that what made you sort of perform? I know you've performed at literally festivals and otherwise as well at, as concerts, but what is the prime message mm-hmm. that you are conveying with your work, with your uh, talent? Mm. You know, I haven't really thought about why it is I do, why I do what I, oh, sorry, <laughs> why it is I do what I do. That doesn't really make does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. Um, I think it's really, you know, music is such an ocean of love. If we go back to this topic of love and and that needs to be shared. I mean, that's just pure joy to be swimming in, you know, sounds cliche, but swimming in an ocean of love. And, you know, I guess I just, I bow before music because it's something which nourishes me. And perhaps maybe as you were saying, I mean, it's very sweet you say that, you know, you've heard me sing and it it can create goosebumps. I mean, that's just for me the ultimate compliment because there's a certain transference of this love. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think so much of it is also about the performer's intention, the intention Mm -hmm. and also the, the, I would say the state or the mental state that you're, you're trying to express And I would say Mm. that, you know, it doesn't happen in every performance. And what I do also with my band Seven Eyes, you know, we we really uh, have many different influences, cultural influences. And so, you know, it's quite different when I sing a Brazilian song and then when I sing a Celtic uh, traditional Irish song and then when I sing a Sufi song, they're all very different expressions and it's almost like having to, because you're speaking to a different tradition and so it demands perhaps a different energy, but there's something about praising God in Mm. general, Mm. whether it is a Sufi Kuali or even a gospel song, there's something that is just, as I said before, it is without ego. And so it's pure heart, it's pure soul. And I feel that's what I enjoy most as a singer 
is being able to express that love and express that heart and soul through my voice. And that's that's the most rewarding experience I have felt because it's just so beyond me. And it's just a blessing to be able to perform at events and, you know, where people can actually listen to that. And, and I think it's, I'm just, it's quite a a big question because I've never thought why, why do I perform? I guess I would say I perform so that I can also trans be transformed because there's something that happens when I perform in front of a room of people the energy is so electric sometimes that I feel the blessings of receiving that exchange with the audience. And it's so nourishing and fulfilling because it's an exchange of love. And I, I don't mean love in, in a sort of mundane uh, human way. It's not love in, in the sensuous way or anything like that. It's just love in a high level love in in i would say even maybe a devotional level you know it's it's an exchange of of energy that is spiritual if that makes sense it totally makes a uh, sense because i have not heard you live and if you can establish that transference on screen uh, I'm sure you're doing wonders of transforming and being transformed when you are uh, facing uh, the audience Uh, you you mentioned your seven eyes what is happening there what are your future plans what Mm -hmm. uh, what's in the pipeline yeah so seven eyes is my band that I have with my husband Paolo Vinicius and you know, we established this group as really a coming together of both of our experiences uh, with music and also culture. So my husband, Paolo, is from Brazil, and he spent many years studying Western classical music, uh, particularly classical guitar. Mm. And Seven Eyes is really our opportunity to uh, write and compose original songs which is really the premise of why we formed the band. And mm. what happened actually, probably a year, uh, a year after we established Seven Eyes, one of my videos on YouTube went viral. And it was mm. a video of Gulume Rangobare, which was a, yes. a beautiful puzzle yes. written by Fez Ahmed Fez. And that then opened the doors for us to perform at different festivals in Pakistan and also in Delhi. And so we decided that, you know, even though we usually focus on composing and and performing our own original music, we would also, you know, perform songs which are influencing our own sound. And so we've, I don't know, I, I think we're still trying to carve our identity as such because I know that it has been confusing for some people because you know some people now call me a gospel singer and I wouldn't necessarily say that I am I would just Mm. say I am a singer and that I am deeply interested in various forms of music including gospel but I'm not necessarily limited to that one genre and 
Um, so what I would, what we're trying to do with Seven Eyes is just, you know, draw in these different influences from around the world because we also, you know, use Brazilian rhythms. We have different languages like Portuguese and French in our compositions and as, as well as English and Urdu and Sanskrit. So we're really bringing together this sort of world of sound, I would say. Um, and I think our upcoming move to Brazil is also going to solidify our next um, album. So it's going to be much more influenced by Brazilian music in the sense that we will be recording our songs with some Brazilian musicians. And and on the other hand, we also have project, projects with uh, a Sufi group, which are based here, uh, where we're based now in Switzerland. We have a, a Sufi Kowali group who are in France, and we're going to do some recording with them. So, you know, we're just really keeping all of our options regarding creativity open so that we just feel free to express ourselves very naturally. And yeah, Paolo is, is an incredible musician. He's able to really um, go into the world of Ghazal as well as perform Western classical music. And he just, he understands the language of music because he studied it for so many years. So I've been learning a lot uh, through him and and being able to, you know, compose music which is much more musical in a sense than, than maybe songs that I had been writing in the past. And, yeah, it's just a really an opportunity for us to um, manifest our, our inspirations and, and our creative ideas, really. Wow, looking forward, looking forward to all your work. Um, so uh, bringing, uh, just coming to the, to the end of the podcast, two questions, one request, one question. Uh, so would it be possible for you to sing something for yeah. the listeners, for us? And number two, uh, if the audience wants to know more about you and your work, where can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Yes, of course. Yes, I'll be very happy to sing for you. And you can find us at Seven Eyes Official. That's at Seven Eyes Official on Instagram and also on Facebook. Um, you can also find my own Instagram page, which is Tanya Wells Music. And um, we have a website called SevenEyesOfficial.com. And what else are we on? I mean, most of our social media is Seven Eyes Official. And then I've also got Tanya Wells on YouTube and on Instagram. So that's where you can find me. And I'm just going to put on my tanpura. And I want to sing a koali, which is the one I spoke about before, which really put me in that mood of ishk. Indeed. <laughs> and it is Allahu. Whoa. Mm-hmm. 
don't have words <laughs> <laughs> my god my god you know this happens to be one of my favorite kawadis as well but my god how beautiful how 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 wonderful oh, really so nice i mean it is uh, yes it it um you're right it does uh, touch the soul mm. you you do no you do realize that it goes further than the skin you know mm. it's sort of so so cellular but mm. i 
my God, you are blessed with such a beautiful, beautiful voice because that sort of does the trick. Tanya, God, God bless you for, you, for what you're doing and for the work. And we want to see more of you. And uh, I don't know, some IG live session or some concert mm. online, something. Mm -hmm. sure. It would be so wonderful to have, uh, uh, you know, you sing some, some more Kavalis. It would be uh, just, well, just amazing. I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. And uh, well, I would love to share a very exciting project we're doing in August with my band Seven Eyes and this Kowali group. You know, it's, it's, we're going to announce the date in early June mm -hmm. and you can buy tickets online and it's going to be a live streamed concert with this beautiful Kowali group, which are based in France, but we're going to bring together Sufi music and Ghazal. Exciting, so, exciting. Yeah. And this information would be available on your social media platforms. Social media platforms on our website. Just look out. Uh, so just follow us and you'll get an update when we're going to do these upcoming uh, concerts. We've got the next one is coming out just in the next upcoming concerts coming out in, I think, next week. We're going to release um, a live stream and then we're going to put out the new dates for our shows for this year. But yeah, that's that's definitely one to watch if you enjoy this music. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I am going to check that out right now. But thank you. Thank you for your time and sharing with us your deep soulful learnings uh, uh, has, has moved me indeed. And I am sure the rest of the listeners. Tanya, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Sadia. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.